We all have a yearning for love, but relationships can be confusing and complicated. Dr. Tammy Balashevsky says it all starts from within. It starts with a journey to center. Here's your host for Journey to Center on Empower Radio, Dr. Tammy Balashevsky. Hello, my beautiful friend and you sweet soul. I'm so honored to be spending some of our time together here today on Empower Radio and Journey to Center. Yes, relationships and life can be hard, challenging, confusing, and painful. But I don't think life is a punishment designed to break us, but rather an opportunity and an adventure to break us open and have us awaken to our truest nature, which is love. So if you're ready to surrender your suffering and invite grace, if you'd like to overcome your personal adversity and transform your life into one of joy, my show today is dedicated to you. And here to share her journey from chaos and darkness into clarity and light is Vivian Nantel, whose spiritual name is Devi. She's a 21st century mystic and spiritual guide who overcame an abusive childhood, deep depression, advanced cancer, and even a brush with death by harnessing the power of yoga and her own spiritual energy. She has been with Sadhguru, the Dalai Lama, Sri Sri Ravi Shankar, Yogi Raj Gurunath, and now has become a gifted teacher in her own right. In her new book, Becoming the Light, Realize Your True Enlightened Nature, it's a spiritual memoir wrapped around a guidebook. It's a riveting story about Vivian's spiritual awakening, along with lessons and tools for the reader to follow along in her footsteps if they so choose. Vivian's journey is a model for anyone seeking unlimited love and strength, as well as deep insights on how to heal their body, mind, and spirit. So Vivian, I'm so honored you're here for a second show on Journey to Center. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, my pleasure. The honor is mine, Tammy, and beautiful introduction. I feel very humble. Uh, I appreciate you and your energy and your time and your insights. And we talked a little bit last week about some of your story, how this book came into being. And I'd like to start our conversation today talking about the quality of suffering, because I know you suffered intensely, as I have, as I'm sure, you know, our listeners are are being able to relate to. And you talk about suffering not always being a punishment or maybe never being a punishment, that it actually has the potential to be a blessing. Can you talk about that? Oh, yes, definitely. That's such a powerful subject. Well, first of all, suffering is, is not a punishment. There is no punishment at all. It's part of duality of this physical realm. You know, hatred, love, suffering, joy, there are, you can't experience love without, you know, having the experience of, of the, the duality of it. That's how the physical realm is. And so a lot of suffering is also very self-imposed and very unconsciously because most people put themselves in little tiny cages and they're not even aware they have done that. And as we discussed briefly, I believe last time, a lot of brainstorming, the conditioning, which goes on from the moment that we are born into this world, especially when we are children and adolescent, we're very influential. And a lot of it's unconscious. 
And so people naturally identify themselves with a lot of false identification about who they are, like such as socioeconomic background, ethnic background, spiritual background, religious background, even gender and and, uh, gender orientation. All of those things, if you look deep inside, you will realize that that's not who you are. And they are not only boundaries and limitations, but they cause a lot of suffering. And so when you start breaking free from everything that you have been conditioned and brainwashed, more and more you'll go deep inside and find your true genuine nature. And we all have it inside of us. That seed of enlightenment is there. So suffering actually can be an enormous blessing. And it was in my life, even in the in the darkness of the soul, like that expression that has been used here in America, meaning like you go to the deepest, the, the lowest degree that you can find yourself, and you can overcome everything. But suffering, it's all depending how you view it. But most importantly, if you are capable of allowing a deep sense of abandonment, and most people have a real hard time because their personality, their ego prevent them, and the mind, as we have discussed, I believe, the mind is the biggest enemy. And and really becoming mindful of the mind, if you can take a distance with your mind and see your your thought processes, your pattern. A lot of people also tell me I've noticed they play victim and they're not even aware. They victimize themselves and it can be very subtle. And you can never be in power if within yourself you are, um, not that you do that consciously, but most of the time it's done unconsciously. But to, to go into deep, deep surrender and I'm, I don't know if I did mention, I. the word surrender is very misunderstood in America, in the Western Hemisphere at least. A lot of people are confused about what it means, and I need to clarify that. And probably the better word will be a sense of abandonment to completely let go of all those attachment and uh, mind patterns, you know, set mind of way of thinking, of acting, and compulsiveness. A lot of suffering comes from the compulsiveness of of how you were conditioned from authority, from parents, from the media. And so much happened on an unconscious level. That's why I emphasize so much embarking on the spiritual path, which is beyond religion, beyond all identification, to really go deep inside and clean up all that mess. <laughs> that yeah, I totally a- agree. And I agree with you about the quality of surrender. And I think it's important to understand, you know, and you're, you're making this distinction in regards to how you're saying complete abandonment. What are we surrendering to? And Nothing. I think that is to love in our truest nature. Well, the reality is even we talk about that, there is no surrender. It's a process. It's not an act. It's not an act say, coming from from the mind, from ego, say, I'm going to surrender now. It is 
in the deepest surrendering or the deepest sense of abandonment, you really go beyond everything that you are. You just really just open up your being to be receptive and allowing grace to come. And that requires vulnerability and humbleness. And those are the two things I think are essential and sensitivity because it's hard for people to make themselves vulnerable and it's hard for them to be humble. Not everyone, of course, depending. And depending on the level what you're facing in your life, if you're facing a major health crisis like I was with advanced uh, cancer or a loss of a beloved one or, I mean, there we know there's so many major, major trauma, losing your house. It, it doesn't matter what is the intensity of the suffering and the pain because it's really relative. What is your pain for in your life might be tremendous and you might be going to something, an experience that compared to another person um, might not be as big. So pain and, and suffering is really relative. What really matters is that you allowed yourself to be vulnerable <clears throat> and especially to our creator that to go deep inside and realize there is no separation. It's just a false sense of self. Even the process of abandonment, there is nothing to abandon. Is you really we're really doing that for for our own being to allow that grace to to flow inside. So vulnerability really is can be a a very powerful gateway to tap into our true divine nature. Well, I like the saying in Zen teachings that pain is the universal great awakener. So suffering again, uh, falling to our knees. And, and for me, definitely, I extended an invitation. And I had to personally set an intention to experiment with surrender because I didn't believe that God loved me. So I had to put my toe in the water and say, okay, I'm going to try this for a little while before I truly was able to just let go and surrender. And the more I've experimented with it, the more incredible my life has become, the more synchronicity, the more miracles, the more grace. So for me, it certainly was a process, but I'm so grateful I had the courage to um, play with this. It takes great courage and Mm -hmm. like we said, humbleness and receptivity and allowing it. And it's hard for people to allowing it. So that's why doing some spiritual yogic practices really help tremendous is to clean, to purify. I don't know if we discussed that about feminine energy and how... No, we didn't. We didn't. Uh, okay. And Kundalini, how mm-hmm. when Shakti, the primordial divine energy comes and really how purified a lot of that that conditioning and a lot of the, ga- the garbage that uh, we human beings, we carry consciously or unconsciously. But I also want to stress... It can it's it's it can be the greatest blessing. However, I have seen in my own experience people who don't allow themselves to go to that process and have the faith and go into that deep 
total sense of abandonment, they carry their wound on for the rest of their life. They become bitter, they become um, enclosed and self-introverted, and they carry a lot of uh, suppressed anger, very negative energy, which is like poison, and that can lead to you know, all kind of disease, not just mm-hmm. physical, but emotional and mental disease. And uh, so that's why I always stress to have a very strong, powerful meditation practice. And especially Kriya Yoga, they're taught and being initiated by a Sadhguru where you allowed the whole entire spiritual ascension to take place. Mm-hmm. And that's a long subject which I talk in my book in depth towards the towards the, I would say the the last uh, the last part of the book, if mm-hmm. you remember. Yes. How it works. All of that purification. Because what in the yogic tradition we have what we call um samskara. Samskara Samskara are impression. Everything is recorded in the on the cellular level, as well as well as on the subtle body. So it's hard to do it often alone, and having the help to allow that grace is is essential in my experience. Yes, and for sure for me as well. I needed teachers and way showers and people that were a bit further down the path than I was to kind of be my guiding light. And now I sense that that's what you are and that's what you're doing with your book. Definitely. It happened uh, organically. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so much grace has been flowing in my life. It's, <laughs> it's never ending because I have become an instrument of grace and, and the divine. So it's, I don't, personally choose, uh, you know, when you're in a state of grace, you, it just happens, you know, you don't do anything, you just open, there is yeah, no Yeah, you boundary. become that conduit, you become uh, the faucet for spirit to flow through, or I say exactly. that, the lamp for God's light to shine through. Yeah, and there is yes. no boundaries, you know, when you break, because enlightenment, it's really, it's it's really about breaking free from all the limitation and, and boundaries. This boundlessness, yes. and it it's not just physical; it's metaphysical also to yes. experience the oneness of existence, which that's what means yoga to be in a state of union, and um, it it's that's who we are, and it's the most natural state of who we are, and it's not that difficult. It's actually. It's like a joke because it's so simple and we human beings, um, we have complicated life. (laughs) It can be. And I think we make it complicated probably by virtue of just um, our karma. And, and, you know, we each have our individual spiritual contracts and curriculum. and, And when we get here, we don't remember what it is because we're born with veils over our eyes. This is not an open book test. Yeah, that veil you talk about is really real. I forgot the name in Sanskrit, but in the yogic tradition, we have this kind of bubble around us. It's like a veil. I remember when I pierced my veil was mm-hmm. uh, was with the when I was involved with the Alaska Airline um, 
crash of Flight 261, if you remember from my book, we were scheduled on that plane, uh, my ex-husband and I, and I had a premonition something tremendous was going to happen. And as we were coming back from Puerto Vallarta, the the difference in time of each flight was about like an hour and a half, more or less. And um, I was envisioning this flight around the plane as we took off, I almost didn't get it, get inside because I was feeling this intense energy. And um, when we landed in San Francisco and the captain said, you know, not to be surprised when we would debark that there were a lot of journalists and, and cameramen and TV that they had lost the previous flight, I was in in such a shock, and yet it really pierced that veil. And what a cure after was so phenomenal for my spiritual awakening. And when we got out of the plane and crossed uh, through the uh, costume, and we were the first people to come out, and they just came, and they just somehow, they came me and asked, started asking questions, and it was all over in the news and the newspaper. I'm telling the story very rapidly. In the following, uh, when we came home, and even the following day, I was not the same. Something I there was uh, that was exactly that veil had been pierced, reveal, and there was a sense of. Everything was so more beautiful, the tree greener, the birds were singing. I mean, the sense of sensation and perception of everything, that veil of separation, that false sense of self had completely vanished. And I realized also I was experiencing, while this was going on, when we were flying back, I was experiencing the energy of those all those spirits who were in transition when the plane crashed. Because the plane, what made that that flight very unusual was Alaska Airline 261 was the only, at the time, that was like uh, the only plane so far in the history of aviation that had literally fell off the sky and everyone perished in the Pacific Ocean. Mm-hmm. So you could imagine, in it was a ink phenomenal spiritual process for my being and that veil we're talking about was lifted and it can happen with many life circumstances but I was already on the spiritual path for a long time doing really intense spiritual practices too. And I would imagine Vivian as you found out about that you realized you could have easily you were supposed to be on that flight that went down so I would imagine you realized because you weren't on that plane, that you must have a real purpose here on the planet. And like you committed to that purpose. Definitely. And, but it's, I, it's not something I even thought of, I have to say, but it's true what you're saying, Tammy, but I never really thought about it because that realization was already there before, I will right. say. It right. was there before, way back when I attempted to commit suicide when I was living in Connecticut. And uh, and I don't know if you remember from the book, they found me in bed five mm-hmm. days later in a, in a coma. I was blue. 
ACA stating to that. And when I just wanted to go back home, that sense of belongingness, that's an important part because for my being, the suffering that really comes deep inside for all human beings, no exception, is feeling they don't belong. And when I mean belong, again, if you go deeper into belongingness, Tammy, one will realize belongingness is really about revealing, uplifting, uh, Not it's not the right word, removing that veil that mm-hmm. separates us, that false sense of self, that false sense of separation, because when you realize that you are a unique wave of the divine ocean of God, of our creator, whatever we call it, that that's what I mean by a sense of belongingness. Belongingness is is beyond just sense of community. It's a sense of of oneness. It's a realization. It's about self-realization. And so when I attempted to commit suicide, the biggest suffering for my being was was that, the sense of belongingness at every level. And all of us human beings, we suffer from the biggest confinement is the confinement of not being liberated. Yes, we seek happiness. Mm -hmm. I'm sorry, dear. I completely agree with you. It's that sense that this isn't our home and that we're not connected to our, I think, source or soul and one another. But the truth is true. It is. We are. But it's a matter of us dissolving the walls around our hearts. Exactly. It's more than the heart, though, I would say. When you understand what is the spiritual assumption, you will say it's the heart is it's a very important bridge to cross. And in the Yudhik tradition, we call it the Hanahata. And, and that's um, the Hanahata in the sense it's between survival and and somebody we would say survival or or merging as one with the creator but as the energy move higher yes. you, you really are um, are in a full bloom of self-realization mm-hmm. we could call it god realization we could call it enlightenment and it means all the same but to go back what I was saying earlier, most people also don't realize that the biggest suffering is, that was another thing I experienced way back since I was a little girl, it's a longing, you have that longing. Often we believe the longing is for happiness, for joy, for bliss, and it's true, we do have that. But if you look deep down inside, you will start realizing if you go into contemplation and self-introspection and meditation, that the longing is really to merge with, with again, whatever we call it by so many, many thousands of names, the source, the absolute, to become one. And again, there's nothing to become because it's there. It's just that illusion to break free from that. Which is, I think, the spiritual path and the journey of the hero. And we're all on it, whether we know it or not. Well, yes and no, to say to that. Um, We are because we're 
thrown by life challenges all the time. And it will definitely, for some people, it will uh, help them to ask those existential questions about why am I here? Where am I going? What is the meaning of life? Who am I? In that sense, yes. But to be really on the spiritual path, like really seriously committed, is that you have had some made some realization and you say, I want to know. And depending yeah, we become on, conscious um, and make that decision, that conscious choice. Yeah, and uh, depending on the longing on the individual, then you will be seeking, you'll be looking, you will really are going to go out and explore. And that's what I encourage people, to yes. go and explore and to really tap into their full human potential. And... Um, and that's eventually you could embark on the spiritual path and be initiated by a set guru. If depending, it all depends how much in a hurry you are. If you really want to experience your true blissful nature, what we call in the yogic tradition, Satchit Ananda. I don't know if I did mention that last time, which means absolute truth. Uh, for Satchit means omnipotent, omnipresence, and Ananda, bliss. And bliss, again, that's a word that is also very misunderstood because people think of bliss as joy, but it's not that. When you no, it's more expanded than that. So, Vivian, we just have like 30 seconds left. Can you believe it? Oh, and I want good. people to be able to connect with you. Your book, Becoming the Light. Realize your true enlightened nature and people can connect with you on Facebook, viviannantel.com. Is that right? That's right. Yes. Very good. And so I've truly enjoyed my time with you. I feel like we could talk for, oh gosh, hours and hours and hours about this subject because to me, it's the most important thing in the world. And the other important thing to me is relatedness, that sense of connection, like you were talking about, Vivian, that sense of um, belonging and sense of love. And to my listeners and to my friends, I so care about you and sense your presence. And I hope you sense ours, that we love you, we care about you. You're in my heart, my meditation, and my prayers. Please be in touch. Tammy B, PhD.com. God bless you. Take good care of yourself. We love you too. Blessing. We love you. Onward yes, love, love you to all. Love. And it's time yes. to raise consciousness. It's the time. Many blessings. Thank you so much, Tammy. Many blessings. Onward and upward. Bye for now.